show one of my favorite people is here i mean this girl has such a great show and we me and rob sit outside and we just watch her show in with our mouths agape and every once in a while just something hilarious that she says makes me makes me so happy but she's taught me more than most people out there and i welcome back dr carlin to the show thank you for joining us my friend hey always happy to be here mel thank you thank you there's so many different uh people out there that you know, they're in the feed, they're out there. We we obviously have an alert for your show because it's awesome. And, um, you know, you find the people that you say, you know, when things are going nuts, I want to see what that person's talking about. And you're one of those people for me. So uh, let's start off just for anyone that hasn't seen you here before. Quickly, just uh, tell them because you actually studied what you talk about. And that's rare. <laughs> these days. Yeah. So tell them my audience a little bit about you, then we'll get into it. Yeah, so I'm a psychologist kind of turned independent journalist, accidental independent journalist, because this was never something I anticipated that I would be doing. Um, but about four years ago, I kind of I left the left after being a Democrat for 20 years. I got thrown into this political world. And then about three years ago, I started just spending a lot of my time reverse engineering diversity training, woke leftist training. I come from corp the corporate training world. So that was right up my alley. And I wanted to understand what was going on while well, spending so many hours uh, reverse engineering woke training training and organizations led me right into the lap of hardcore socialism. And so for the past couple of years, I have watched more far leftist socialist trainings than I'm pretty sure anyone else on the planet. I only watch things that are happening in the real world. I don't base any of what I teach off of academic articles that were written 100 years ago by dead people. I literally only care about what they're doing in the real world right now. And so I watch dozens of hours of this stuff a week on my YouTube channel, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. On Saturdays, we do the flagship show, Socialism Saturday. And um, I just I use the real leftist trainings to show people what's going on. And I laugh, but these people take themselves very, very seriously. And and they do seem so deranged and mentally ill to me, but they don't to each other or themselves. They and, and that's the weird thing is that people tend to think, well, obviously everyone knows that that's crazy or, you know, obviously my kids are my kids or, you know, I my house should belong to me or what I earn belongs these people do not believe that at all. So let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing right now, because of course we're going into a, and you point out something really important that I do want to bring up. And I know that most people don't get it. A lot of people conflate what you're dealing with, which are these hardcore socialists that a lot of them are teachers that you're seeing like libs of TikTok is, is playing that they're not, she's not telling you the ideology that's behind it that creates these people. And then of course we see all this stuff that comes in from UNESCO or agenda 2030, and that's not related either. So yeah. I want you to kind of delineate who you're dealing with and what they are and how they, how they function differently. Yeah, so it's very easy in the online space to kind of look at all of these crazy things that are going on in the world and say they're all interconnected and interrelated. And I understand why people see it that way. But again, I've been watching. So the 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 audience that the people that I focus on are radical revolutionary socialists. These are the people who are pushing critical race theory into schools. They're the ones pushing gender ideology into schools. They're the ones doing abolish the police, defund the police. They're the right. ones doing anti work or this quiet quitting stuff. And most importantly, I. I think for right now, these are the people that are going after parental rights. These are the radical revolutionary yep. socialists 
They are there are far more of them than people understand in the country right now. They control every major institution. Now, there's another big problem, which is the WEF and the globalists and and all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that that's not a problem. I do think it is a problem. But what people have to understand is these are two different groups. They're different groups that have the same goal. And this is why people are confused, because you look at a lot of the things the WEF is doing, like the Klaus Schwab stuff, the World Economic, all all this stuff. And it it seems very similar to what's going on in with the radical revolutionary socialists. Right. But that doesn't mean they're on the same team. I've gone undercover at the Radical Revolutionary Socialist events. I hear them talking about this stuff. They hate the WEF. They hate Klaus Schwab. It's not that they won't take grants from them and stuff because they'll do whatever they need to in order to advance their socialist revolution. But you got to understand these are two different teams that are vying for the same goal. It's kind of like two different football teams playing for the Super Bowl, right? right? It's like they're not friends. They're going to fight. And so we have basically the agenda of these two different organizations that are going to collide at some point, and we're all stuck right in the middle of it. Right. And it seems like you said, it's because there are a lot of people, We as I was saying before, we talk about amplified voices. There's a lot of amplified voices that are conflating these two groups. And I find the socialist ones more more dangerous on the local level. Than, than people understand because it's very hard to convince people because I do speeches about the, the international banking cartel and it's very hard to convince people that, you know, they're in your local area, you know, that the, the sustainable development goals, the smart city, fourth industrial revolution, but they're not the same people. And and that's that's where it gets it gets a little convoluted because you can actually find the people that you're talking about if you look for them, because a lot of them happen to be teachers. So I wanted to talk also about that and remind people. So you infiltrated this one event where mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And I, I tell this story a lot, even in, in when I speak. And you went in there and there, there was a they asked about teachers and you were talking about the books and stuff that they put out. And then I saw that Haymarket, you put out that thing and they were promoting it somewhere. So talk a little bit about who they are and how they infiltrate so that people can actually start to see it because it's not hidden. Yeah, so this is this is really important for people to understand because a lot of times the influencers online, they are not talking about the real activists that are driving this agenda. Now, I happen to know who they are by name. There right. are leaders on the left. They, they like it, It's not just one collectivist blob. They do have people that they hold up as leaders. There's just more than one of them. And who it tends to be the leaders on the left are the intellectuals, the academics, and the authors. And and why they're the leaders is they are the ones that are actively communicating the message out to all the different activist groups in the country and those activist groups organize around that message. And so and so I can name them by name. I can name someone like Sophie Lewis or or Emmy O'Brien, Michelle O'Brien. These are two abolish the family activists that are in the United well Sophie's yeah. actually lecturing in Europe right now, but like they're in the United States right yeah. now like working at Ivy League universities advancing these ideas. I can name an activist like Jesse Hagopian, who is a high school teacher out in Seattle, who works for the Zen Education Project, Black Lives Matter in Education. He's a, he work, teaches at Garfield High School. He teaches social studies out there. I can name Bettina Love, who works at uh, Columbia University. And so I can, Dina Simmons, who does teacher training in, 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 uh, in K through 12 schools, gets paid tens of thousands of dollars per engagement. These are all hardcore leftist activists that are putting all of their work out there on the internet yeah. for all of us to see. And literally, once you figure out who they are, you just need to look for it. 
Yeah. And that's why, that's why people can empower themselves just by, that's why I feel like as, as if I was anywhere in this country and I was watching your show, I would be taking notes and going and looking for it in my local area because this is important. Also, they, um, they do that through books. You know what I have also learned from you that people, especially parents, I know there's a bunch of grandparents where I am that are like, they're, they're reading the history books and stuff, but they don't understand because they're all pointing at the LGBTQ plus books and the and the whole like let our kids read movement or whatever that is, they don't know that there's a whole bunch of different books to, the, to be looking for that might be as if not more dangerous because a lot of kids will recoil at seeing some of this sexually explicit stuff, but they might not recoil at books that are about, you know, uh, subconsciously that they're reading and they're telling them about socialism and and communism and and abolishing the family. So what what other things are out there that people are not seeing because the the glamorous, uh, uh, scary stuff that's obviously disturbing is in the way? Yeah, I mean, I think the books are a big piece of it because there's this big focus on the conservative right of book banning, book banning, book banning. And I know people don't like me using that term, but you have to understand that to the vast majority of the American public, to include independence, that's what this looks like. It's not a good look. But what I would also tell you is that it's not even an effective strategy because one of the ways that socialists, far leftists make their money is there are dozens of socialist uh, specific book publishers. Mm -hmm in the United States right now. This is how they make their money, is they publish books, which also advances their message. They sell them in an insular community to each other. They do book clubs, they do classes, they do trainings, they do all this stuff. They're selling them to your kids' schools, they're selling right. them to your kids' libraries. And, and right. that is how they're advancing their message. So every time you guys get one book out of school, they don't even worry about it. And I've heard them talk about this at their events. They don't even worry about it. You want to know why? Because they just publish five more that they're going to replace that book with. You get those five books out of school, they're going to publish five more for each of those. And, and that's that's the, the game that they've caught the right in now, where the right is in a constant state of chasing its tail because right. it's not actually listening to what the left is saying because they say all this stuff out loud in their meetings. They make fun of this. They love the book banning stuff, by the way. They're not afraid of it. They love it. You talk about that and I saw it and I since I saw you talk about that and show examples, I don't share any of that that like shocking teacher stuff anymore because though so what? So they like that. So you're making them famous and they think it's funny because I've seen it on your show and they think it's great. The, the more they're out there, the better. There's certain certain areas where they want to be covert, not in this group. <laughs> they don't no. want to be covert. Um, they uh, and and let's let's talk about the truth is that they are winning over a lot of, they are winning in a lot of areas and the tactics taken. And I, I don't think it's just, there's anyone that still believes that they're right or left or Republican and Democrat. I don't think know what's going on at all, but I can't deal with that right now. What I can deal with is that there's people that individually want to want to make a difference, but they really have to understand that these people, how they're, in what areas are they making significant progress that people won't see until it hits them in the face, but you see it. You keep you keep warning that they are winning in areas, and because it's not in everyone's face, people don't see it, and they need to know. Yeah, they own the K through twelve schools, and 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 the confusion that people have about this is that they think it's all coming from these books that are getting all this press online for you know having salacious things in them or, or whatever. That's not how they're indoctrinating your kids. It's not how they're doing it. These people literally have entire organizations. And, and there's one called Rethinking Schools that, I, that I've been investing in. Yeah, Rethinking Schools is an organization that is dedicated to creating socialist curriculum 
for teachers to use in their classrooms. They put it on the internet. Teachers yeah. can just download it and use it. And what people don't realize is that your school board is not actually going to save you because there are only two states in this country in which the school board has uh, authority over the actual curriculum. That's Vermont and Connecticut. So if you don't live in wow. Vermont or Connecticut, School boards ain't going to help you. Now, school boards can make some decisions. I'm not saying just give them up entirely. They they can decide who the superintendent or this, this the principal the superintendent is. They can right. decide budget stuff. But when you have these socialist organizations that are creating curriculum for free or very low cost on the Internet for teachers to download, they yeah. can go download their worksheets, print them off, use them in the classroom. You never find out about it. And and this stuff is integrated throughout the curriculum starting in kindergarten. It's not like, you know, we're about to enter the Black Lives Matter week of action. Um, so there's going to be all sorts of Black Lives Matter in like schools and stuff like that. And and people think that this is how they're indoctrinating them, like the big booming voice from the sky. No, 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 no. I saw I, I analyzed a lesson plan that was used at the UCLA School of Education a couple of weeks ago on my Substack, published by Rethinking Schools, actually, where they did an entire three month curriculum where they had elementary school students engineer an entire city based on equity. Equity oh, means boy. Marxism. Anytime they are teaching equity your, to your kids, that's Marxism. And what they taught the kids was, you know, equity just means that everyone will have what they need. And in a society where everyone has what they need, there will be no crime because everyone has what they need. And so we don't need the police anymore. And we don't even need things like money. They're right. teaching kids to create moneyless, policeless societies grounded in socialism as an entire curriculum. And this is being taught in the UCLA School of Education right now. And that is indicative of how, of how they do this stuff. They integrate it into every single part. They integrate it into biology classes. There are curriculums around queer biology. They integrate it into your art and music classes. They integrate it into theater. They integrate it into history. Every single thing has these elements in the curriculum. And that is where people need to be focused. I know that people are riled up about the books. I really do get it. But every ounce of energy you spend focusing on just the books and not on the curriculum is wasted energy. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, uh, you know, the weird thing is because you have a background in, um, in uh, psychology, but also in, in like this organizational institutional psychology. So there's got to be a side here. Because when I look at all of this, when I see, and then I, I mainly see them sometimes on your show, but I do look up some of these other groups, Panorama and, and Rethink Education and some of these. And I'll tell you right now, the people that are involved in this, they seem like and, and, you know, there's many ways to say this cult member thing, but I'm saying when I say cult members, like when I was in L.A., I went out there very young and there's it's a, it's a big place where, you know, they try to indoctrinate you into different things. And there's one group that's very popular and considered a cult. And I will tell you, you're new to you're new to somewhere. You don't know anyone. All of a sudden they invite you to something. Then there you meet three people and then those people start calling you like they're your best friends. They're inviting you to stuff. And before you know it, you're showing up and then you're starting to do chores for free for no reason for people that you don't know. And and it's before you know it. You're, so there's like a cult mentality. Is that what's going on here? Is there a cult mentality? Is this is this how they indoctrinate each other? Is there a way that they pull in recruits to do what they do, not just to others, but in their inner circle? 
oh yeah socialism is a cult and i'm not even like our society is being controlled and taken over right now by a cult now people will say it's a leaderless cult but again they do have leaders but people need to understand that socialists are collectivists so there's not going to be one individual leader there's going to be a group of leaders and those people can be swapped out and replaced at any time because they're just cogs in the machines again that's the intellectuals the academics the writers um things like that those are the leaders of the cult everyone else is following those people where are they getting indoctrinated in the schools in the k-12 through public schools and then certainly by the time they get to college that then it's like it's over and 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 not even just in like soft studies like sociology and like my my profession of psychology which has now been totally decimated by these wow not just in there, but like they're doing this stuff in engineering. They're doing this stuff in the hard sciences as well. I just saw a lecture actually from the University of Oklahoma, which is one of these states that has the governor that's like banning all this oh, stuff, God. right? Guess yeah. what? The University of Oklahoma in one of their orient in, in their freshman biology seminar had a whole like lecture about abolishing the gender binary. Abolishing the gender binary is an aspect of queer Marxism that they're literally teaching in the introductory seminar, taxpayer funded at the University of Oklahoma right now. And so that's how they're doing it. It's all through the schools, not just through the curriculum, but through the after school activities that your kids get involved in, like the gender and sexuality alliances, the rainbow. Exactly. Those are training grounds for queer activists. Yeah, and they target people. I think they target kids that are bullied or have or are, are easily yeah. manipulated to begin with that become their foot soldiers. And those people can be really uh, easily manipulated to do a lot of things that normally they wouldn't. I think they have that down to a science. Now let's talk about the uh, universities. I, Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I want to add one more thing on that. They don't just target the kids who are weird, the, aut- the autistic kids. They specifically target the autistic kids. And this is going to be important for parents to know because autistic kids are extremely susceptible to gender ideology and they do have specific programs that target it with target them with it. So if you have an autistic child, you got to be keeping an eye out for what's going on because this I'm actually going to be watching something on my channel today about autism and gender diversity because they say that 70 percent of autistic kids are really non-binary. This is something that they teach because they target them specifically. Oh my God. And that's scary. Cause I have a good friend who has, a, he's just turned 18, but, um, has a severely autistic child. And I'll tell you what, they also become like zealots when he like, when he loves something, it becomes like, she just is like, just get out of his way and give him whatever he wants when he was little, especially, you know, like she just wanted him to be happy. And it was like, you know, and they they have very unique things that they like, like whatever it could be. It could be something like he doesn't like certain kind of thing on his legs, like a uh, material or something. So just never put that anywhere near him. Well, put, translate that into some kind of curriculum where they know how to manipulate that kind of personality. And then you're, you're in trouble, you know, they're in trouble. Um, now you brought up something last time I think is really important too, because a lot of us uh, are looking at our universities, mine, and I'm sure yours included and thinking, ah, oh, you know, I never would have made it at NYU now in a million years. I, I probably would have been kicked out in the first two Two weeks, not the multiple years I spent there and the 22 years it took me to pay it off. But I'll tell you, uh, I believe that these universities, um, people that are trained, the the teachers are, it's coming out of the education uh, departments at these universities, but now it's spread to many multiple departments, like you're saying. So what is, um, what does that look like? Like say that you have a child right now that's going away to college or is in college. I mean, it's completely taken over, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, I sympathize with you because I went to Boston University, and and it, Boston University was normal yeah. when I was there, and now now it is literally it's the true. home of Ibram X. Kendi. And I'm like, I can't give you guys money ever again. What right, are you I doing? Forgot. I loved right. being you so much. But I anyway, know. no, Me no, too. you're right. I mean, I literally just found a video of the freshman orientation at the University of Pennsylvania, which is one of the Ivy League schools that got in trouble and got their president fired and all that stuff. And and this was a this was a, a freshman orientation all about gender diversity again, like abolishing the gender binary. So they're getting this stuff not just in their classes, but in their student programming from the moment that they they enter the university. And and this is this is where the teacher pool is getting corrupted. People need to understand this. People think that school choice is going to solve this problem. It's not going to solve the problem because it is not going to solve the problem of the teaching pool being corrupted before they ever leave college and enter the K through 12 schools as teachers. It's already finished by that point. So the same teachers that are teaching in public school are teaching in private schools or teaching in charter right. schools. It exactly. doesn't really matter which school you're sending them to. You're getting the same teachers. And people think that private schools are safe, but there's a conference going on um, in about like three weeks, I think, called the National Association for Independent Schools. I have a whole article on my Substack showing you all of the woke sessions that are in this conference. They even have like probably one third of the conference is all like leftist socialist indoctrination. They even have one session called doing DEI without making the news. And I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like the private schools are going to do DEI without anyone knowing about wow. it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just saw something up there. Maybe it was from you. I'm not sure. But it was from Workable, which I guess is some kind of HR advising uh, company. Yeah. I don't know. They they have like a whole bunch of things, but they work. I saw because I look, they work with Google, but they also work with ZipRecruiter and Indeed and all these other places. And it's straight up sounds just like this. And it's all about how to um, work D DEI into hiring. So so that's another whole. Uh, like you talked about sociology and stuff. That's a, a whole nother um, thing I think that must be happening in the training in college because now they have, they have majors in human resources, I guess. I don't know if they had that when I was younger. I wouldn't have paid attention. Um, but um, they're training in human resources people to then only hire these people because I saw something that uh, I was looking through and it was like they're making them take surveys before they even get the interview online to even see if they go to the next level. And of course, there's the boxes to check, which are, you know, whatever race, gender, whatever. But I think that these surveys are also geared towards what you're talking about. It, it seems that the HR departments have been <laughs> infested. Oh. Oh, I'll tell you when that happened too, because like I used to, I used to do corporate training and I, I spoke at some right. of the biggest HR conferences in the world. I spoke at the Society for Human Resources Management Conference every single year. Wow. And, and I'll tell you what happened around 2018, because the Society for Human Resources Management Conference has a massive exhibit hall where all the vendors come in and they start to show because there's like 25,000 people there. Right. And so right. the vendors come and they show their stuff. And right. in 2018, I swear to God, the entire exhibit hall was taken over by diversity trainers. And this was new. And this was something that was impacting me and my career. So I was paying attention right. to it. I was like, what is going, where did all of these diversity trainers come from? Like, it was like they popped up all overnight. And right. then that, that was when they really started pushing this stuff into organizations. And so, yeah, HR has been entirely taken over by it. It, 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 was, it was actually really disturbing to me to watch people that I had known for years in the right. HR world that I had been friends with that completely lost their minds and were like calling me a racist all over the internet. I'm like, I don't care if people are like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm a racist because I'm not doing anti-racist training. No, I don't accept that. Sorry. But these were like normal people who were taken over by this mind virus. And that's why I do say that this is a cult. 
like yeah. once you get sucked into the cult it's like you only talk to other people in the cult you only listen to other people in the cult you demonize everyone outside the cult you're right. not able to critically think anymore because all of your ideas are dictated by the cult it's right. really disturbing to watch it happen it is. I know some people that got sucked into cults and it's, there's no, it's, and there's many of them. They, they come in different forms. I could, I could label them, but I, I've, I, I know that you stay away from the, the, calling out the cults. They know who they are, but, um, but they are, there's, there's some that function as, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, position themselves as, uh, personal growth and development groups. And then you realize, no, 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 that's a cult. And the truth is what you're saying is there's also, once you're in the cult, a lot of people do anything to stay in it, you know? So it's, it's just, it's so all encompassing. Now let's talk about the, the two things that always perplex me when it comes to these people. So they, they have this idea of a collective, they're teaching this from K through 12, they're doing this in their whole world. You know, they have decentralized leadership. So they have that figured out who do, who runs this thing? Like, because somebody at the end of the day has to run the money, but there's no money. But how can there be no money if there's nobody running it? I mean, like all the rules that they make about what's right and wrong, they have to come together and figure that out. How does that work? Who's who's there, the who's the above them? There is money, but it, but it, but again, it's like an insular system. So this is not a George Soros funded thing. I know that's what people think, but it's really, really not. Yeah, I so don't think this is. Yeah. How, how they fund themselves is through publishing. Yeah. And they also like like it's it, it's a weird internally when you when you actually get into these communities and you start going to their events, you start yeah. to get to know the players. And it's just like this weird ecosystem that they've built for themselves that entirely feeds itself. So a lot of these people will work at colleges or universities or in the K through 12 schools or in organizations that serve those types of environments. So they right. have they have day jobs. And then what they do is they spend all their money on socialist books. They spend all their money on socialist conferences. So they're creating this little insular. Ecosystem. Oh, I see. When someone comes in, now they're spending all their, they, the socialist book publishers actually have programs where you pay them like 30 bucks a month or whatever, and they will send you all the new socialist books that they published that month. And so it's like, they all have these things. And then they go to events where everyone pays to go and they talk about the books and then they talk about, and so it's like, it's this weird kind of like self-sustaining thing where wow. they're making a lot of money and people don't understand like, 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 so Har the, the Harvard bookstore right now in Harvard square in Cambridge, Massachusetts has a giant display of Haymarket Books. Haymarket Books is the largest socialist book publisher in the country. So it's not as though they're just selling to socialists. They're pushing into college and university libraries. They are the librarians. They run the libraries. They are pushing right. their books into schools. They're pushing their books into classes. Like yeah. they're in every major bookstore. And so yeah. this is how they make their money. And that's why I say the leaders of the socialist cult are the people who are publishing at that very high level because they are the ones that are disseminating the messages out. And then what happens is you have all of these little groups all over the country. They're usually called collectives that they have like these local meetings where they then coordinate among each other and even coordinate nationally. So for instance, there's this one collective called the Firebrand Collective that is coordinating the Denver communists, the Boston revolutionary socialists and the Seattle revolutionary socialists. So you have these different groups that are now creating these larger networks and organizations that are, that are just organizing around the country. That's how they get their message out. They have a lot of meetings. Like this is why I have so much content. Right, exactly. But that's important for the for cult is to have a lot of meetings that include fellowship, like really that personal, there's, there's an emotional connection. 
Hey, Mel Kay here. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is my preferred choice for gold and silver. Head on over to the Mel Kay Show Partners page and click on the tab for Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Silver and gold are God's money. They're a great way to fight against inflation and keep your hard-earned savings safe. With the national debt out of control, runaway government spending and printing, inflation continues to soar. Beverly Hills Precious Metals can help you shield your wealth from volatility in the markets. Protect yourself today. Go to the MelKShow.com partners page. Click on Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Fill out the form and let's get started. Protect yourself, protect your family and protect your future. And I'll tell you what too, Mel, and people don't want to hear this, but like going to a socialist event, everyone's really nice to you. No, they I'm sure. I, that, I, I'm really sure. Nice. And it's inviting. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I was like, if I believed in socialism, I would totally want to come to socialist events, right? right? Like, but yeah. they want to beat me up. And so I don't like going for that reason. You know, but like- well, now, now, because you out it yourself. But I, but no, I have to say, that's what I know. I mean, I know some, a couple people and in, in definitely in LA who got sucked into a cult and that's how they did it. They made friends with people. They, they were the nicest people in the world. They were the best friends overnight. They're inviting them to stuff. It's lonely there. Now you have a whole group of friends, a hundred people that love you. Oh, and I'll tell you what, too, and and I think this is really important for people to understand, and this might be a hard reality for some people, but like, I'm, I'm an, I'm a libertarian, right? I'm not, I don't consider myself to be on the right or the left. If I look at the right, the right will call me fat and ugly and make fun of my haircut every single day of the week. They don't want me at their events. They always treated me horribly at their events because even when they thought I was on their team, because I wasn't dressing the way they wanted me to, or all these things. Oh yeah. I like, I, I never felt, I, I went to CPAC a couple of times. I've been to a bunch of conservative oh, wow. conferences. Yeah. I always felt really uncomfortable because it was like, they, it wasn't a welcoming environment. I feel I uncomfortable there too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's exactly it. It's like, they, they don't think about how they're welcoming people in. I go to a leftist event. I'm completely welcome. I'm accepted. All I need to do is who exactly I am. Everyone wants to give me stuff. Everyone wants to do. And it's just like, oh my God, this is why the left is winning. And in That's very room. important. That's very important for people to understand that how they behave to other people. Well, there's there's a big problem on, on the on the, uh, certainly on the right and on the conservative side. Uh, they're all fighting amongst each other and they don't realize that this is good for the other side. So uh, they're all deciding who who really is that, you know, on our team. Well, guess what? If you want to keep fighting amongst each other about who's really on your team, you're not going to have a team at all. And then that is that is a very sad thing. And I don't know. Do you find that that's infiltration? Do you think that what do you think that's about? Because I know you watch it uh, because you're watching everyone. But there's there's a real problem on the on the right. Uh, the people that are, you know, either MAGA and, and it's also with the DeSantis folks, but also it looks like the RFK folks. They're all kind of fighting amongst themselves and don't realize that this is good for the people that they want to beat. Oh, yeah. The left is laughing about all of this. And and I'm not going to name names or anything like that. But right. I will say that what I think this is about is I think it's about money. There is a lot of money to be made on the right if you are on like the so-called like dissident right. But there's there a amount of attention span that people have. And so you've got all these influencers online that are competing for the most attention. They say the most outlandish things. Most of the stuff published on Libs of TikTok isn't even real. I hope people understand that. It's not real. It's just made for social media clout. But Libs of TikTok, it's a ton, thousands of dollars per post that Libs of TikTok makes. So Libs of TikTok is not going to stop like that sorry i named a name my bad but okay no <laughs> like but that's a specific name. thing that because that's what i said before i don't share that anymore because i don't think it's helping i think it's making these people feel good and famous and i learned that on your show by watching them say it <laughs> they love it 
You know, people, people on, on that, on that side, they don't mind her. It's, it's media matters or the ADL or whatever, but the actual people, they think it's hilarious. They love it when, when, when she puts them on their thing. Media matters makes money off of libs of TikTok. I mean, the, like the whole political ecosystem, it's a giant money making thing where you've got all these gotcha organizations that are just posting clips to like be tribalist with the other side and both sides do it. And it's just for money and attention. It is not about solving the problem. And I know that normal people actually want to solve the problem, but the yeah. thing of it is you have to focus on what the problem actually is. The problem is not the books that you think they are. The problem is not even the drag queens, by the way. Like that's a that, that that's a problem, but it's not a problem for the reason people think it is. The problem is not the the crazy people posting things on TikTok just for TikTok attention. The problem right. is your curriculum and and what is going on in the schools and you got and most influencers have not adequately informed their audience about what's going on and i think that's particularly true when it comes to parental rights and how easy it is to pull yeah. parental rights away yeah now how about um also the normalization of a lot of this behavior has gone way overboard i think a lot of this sharing of this outrage sharing because you know it's funny i, I was saying to somebody earlier i i think maybe it might be an unpopular uh, thing to say, but I am very shadow banned, so I don't care if I if what happens to me. But I will tell you, I, I kind of think it's worse what's going on on X and all these people and giant influencers. They can be so happy and thank him, and they're making a fortune. I'm never going to get there. They're never going to let me be a place I'm monetized, so I don't care either way. But what I do have to say is, it's very obvious that certain people are amplified in a ridiculous amount, and I know what they're putting on is fake. Okay. It's not real. It's research that I did three years ago, five years ago that got cut off of YouTube and banned everywhere. And, and there's a lot of people like me that, that now are watching people use work and they're like breaking, breaking. And you're like, no, no, no. We talked about that four years ago. We talked about, you know, and it's like, but I do think that this amp it's, it's a very obviously amplification and all these people now are like, Oh, I make money or I don't make money. And it's like, do you know what? I think the monetization of, of Twitter uh, has made it because you'll see like all the, also all depending on which side and it doesn't matter. It's both sides. If it's an influencer on either side, then 10 other influencers that make money on Twitter are putting out the exact same shit. And so your whole entire feed is one after another, after another influencer, hoping that you hit on them. Cause they got five, every time you hit on them, they make a fortune. And it's just one after another, same exact stuff. Nobody's even trying to be unique anymore. Nobody's even trying to break information. I mean, you are, but the masses of the people that I call them Twitter liberties, like 500,000 or more, they're all, it's crazy. I don't think it's better, honestly. And all these people praising the free speech aspect. And all I know is that he always wanted to make a WhatsApp in America. And I think he's pulling it off while, while these big giant influencers are like thanking Elon Musk for free speech. And I don't see that. Oh, what's your take on what's going on there? You've been on there a long time. Yeah, so I will say, I think that Elon Musk buying Twitter was a good thing. I think it was yeah. a net positive. However, I kind of agree with you about the monetization aspect of it and that it's just made people, like basically it's all of the- It's not fair. It's not an well, open market. It's, no, it's, not, it's, it's happening. Definitely not an open market, but I'm on. I'm not even like salty about the monetization aspect of it. I'm salty about the lying, and I'm salty about like people stealing journalism from from yeah. independent. journalists. like I'm. I make my living yeah. as an independent journalist, Mel. Like it's no, and it's too. hard. It is like people think I just. I do too. I know. Oh, 
it is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm working 12 to 16 yeah. hour days, just trying to like watching all these hours of videos yeah. to find that one clip. And then it's stolen by a big account, like within a yeah. moment of me posting it, cause they all follow me and they just don't admit it. And, and so it's like, it's like, it really makes it a lot harder for the people who are trying to get to the primary source evidence. But the only right. people who can change that are the users. Listen, like I only rely on primary source evidence for what I do. And it takes me a long time to hunt down that primary source evidence. And so yeah. I don't actually rely on like what the Twitter celebrities are saying at all if they don't have the receipts from the source um, that they have found themselves. And I want to look at it myself. And I really encourage people to hold your influencers to a higher standard. Good than for you. I agree. Because yeah. the thing of it is like, only the people can change this. Like people can want to complain about the algorithm or they want to complain about Elon Musk. Well, no, Elon Musk is doing what he's doing because you're responding to it. You're responding to it. I'm pointing at you, audience. You are responding to it. So stop responding to it and start getting your news from better places. And then the system will change. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's hard when, because I do what you do on a different level. I follow the money and it's very easy when you're following the international banking cartel to see who's controlling the, the, the financial side of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. And like you said, it's important that people understand there's different parties here, but some of them have the same goals. But at the end of the day, without you participating, you meeting you, like you said, uh, they can't survive. So you do have to remember how powerful every individual is and that they want enough people actually uh, making change uh, does change things. So that's important too. And um, now uh, I wanted to also make sure that we get to what people, in your opinion, because you've been watching this and I, and I do see you, you give a lot of good advice, right? So I, I really do believe that you care a lot. Um, it's, it's not a bit, it's really about humans that you care about and you give a lot of advice and there are people, this is what I do believe to be going on though. First of all, 40% of Americans apparently do not vote or did not vote in 2020, at least. So what we do have right now, because of work like yours and a couple other people out there that do extraordinary like work that gets right to people's critical thinking skills, which is not that easy. Um, but I do think that there are more people that right now know something is terribly wrong with our country, with our society, with our culture, and they don't know what it is. But maybe because of that, what happened with COVID and the aftermath and where we are now and this whole craziness going on around us, people are willing to listen. I feel like for the first time, if you come at them with, with they're like, oh, our country's so broken, our government's a disaster, what is going on at the Grammys? You know, you can find an opening with people that maybe you couldn't have maybe even five months ago. So what what when you see somebody that says to you, you know, you meet them at a, sitting at the bar with your husband somewhere and and they say, you know, something's going on at my kid's school or whatever. How do you approach people to be helpful and not to be knocking them in the head? The first thing that I would say is you've got to stop saying I told you so. And and this is not directed to you specifically, Mel, of course, no, but like. This is the experience that I have with people when I when I put this stuff out there is I instantly get people responding saying, I told you so. And I've known about this for a really long time. And where were you? And I always know. And it's like, that is unhelpful. <laughs> it is right. not going to help. Because uh, not everyone did know. You're just one right. person. Most people didn't or we wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to like resist the urge to throw it in their face because that's not going to help them wake up. What I would say is that what I try to do in my work is I really focus in on, again, just showing people the receipts. Evidence. Primary right. And I really try to take a step back and say, decide for yourself. 
Yeah. Are you comfortable with this being taught in schools? Are you comfortable with this training going on for your kids' teachers that you guys paid $32,000 for? Are you comfortable with this this type of initiative at your kids' public school? And, and just let them decide. People yeah. are fully capable if they have the evidence of looking at it. But sometimes cognitive dissonance takes a while to get over. And sometimes people need to think about things. And if you're just getting right in their face and saying, you should think this because of reason X, Y, B, and C. And if you don't, then you you are a groomer and a pedophile. And it's like, that doesn't work, yo. That's going to push right. people away. Give people the evidence. Just try to let them make their own decisions and help them along the way. Because waking up to the reality that we've all been lied to. Yes, we have all exactly. Been, we are all exactly. And like, like, I agree. You know, some of us figured it out at different times. Right. But like, we all have to go through a process of going, everything that I've ever thought was true in my life was wrong. And that's really hard for most people to do. Exactly, exactly. Now, let me uh, just to differentiate, we are going into an election year, uh, if we even get there. And um, there's confusion between the squad and the Bernie people, the Democrat Socialist of America. Those are not what you're talking about, though they have some some aspects. So can you differentiate? Because we're about to go into a, a primary season on the left. And there's a lot of Democrat Socialists of America people that are running as Democrats and people don't know the difference, but they're not what you're talking about, but they're not completely not that. So can you just delineate that for people as they go into this next six months or so of that? Yeah, that's a great question. And people need to understand. So like people think that the Democratic Socialists are the farthest left. No, they're not. Many socialist groups, the collectives that I was talking about earlier, don't even allow their members to be part of the Democratic Socialists of America because they believe the Democratic Socialists of America are too close to capitalism because they're too close to the Democratic Party. They call them neoliberals. Um, for everyone that thinks that all Democrats are socialist, no, they're not. Like the, the real socialists are far worse than you can ever imagine. So these are these are different and unique groups. But what I will say is there is obviously overlap between some of these groups in terms of what they want. The very best way that you can learn to distinguish between is someone a Democrat or are they a, a Democratic Socialist or are they a, a, a radical revolutionary socialist, which is the farthest of the far left, is to learn their language. And this is why I focus on their language and showing their presentations because, and, and you watch my show, Mel, so maybe you have some yeah. sense of this. After you watch socialists for a while, it is so easy to pick them out. And oh, you can go, it's great. That's, that's a socialist. Oh, and my God. Like, we That's why we love your show, because we'll be out somewhere and Rob will be like, oh, my God, that member we saw that. It's language. People have to understand this. That's the best that we Rob calls you the, the socialist whisper. But they're like it, you, it's the language they they invert and manipulate language. And like you said, when you were saying this before about Harvard and um the Haymarket in the in the window of the Harvard bookstore and that picture, it's like the book sounds so great. <laughs> like it all sounds really great until you know what they're talking about. So let let's just uh, before I let you go, I've kept you a long time. I really appreciate it. I think you're teaching such important stuff. And the, the best part about you is honestly, I know that you probably spent 18 hours to find two good clips to illustrate what you're talking about. The work shows, and I just want to say to you and to everyone watching, you are it's it's an extraordinary yeoman's work you are doing. But it's really, really enlightening. And I know you try to find the best, clearest way to articulate the point. Um, so let's talk a little bit about language, um, because I have read a lot of this stuff. I'm doing something else about um, the what I call the fifth column above our DOJ. There is a, another level of people. They are a public-private partnership with uh, different institutes and stuff that are, are manipulating laws. They're using lawfare, which is similar to what, what I'm going to ask you about here. So. 
What I want to know is, because in a lot of that lawfare that they've done to manipulate the laws in terms of social justice, it is so upside down what they're saying and people don't even know it. So it just goes by them and they think, well, that sounds fair. And then it's not fair. So let's talk about some of the main keywords that people can see. And that's that you can look at that and say, this is what that really means. Yeah. So um, equity would be a big one. Every time you see the word equity, that is a reference to socialism um, because equity means equality of outcomes, which means that everyone has the same. And basically equity and capitalism, which uh, socialists define capitalism as private property ownership. We're not talking about crony capitalism or any of that. Um, right. So so like capitalism and equity cannot exist in the same place at the same time. So every single equity department you see popping wow. up at your school that's socialism. Um, right. Every time you see social justice, justice for socialists means everyone has the same. Well, what did we just say equity was? Everyone has the right. same. And so oftentimes socialists will use many, many, many different words to kind of reference the same ideas. You look at something like, um, you know, with the stuff in the Middle East, we're hearing words like colonialism, imperialism. Those are all references back to private property ownership. That's and I, I just posted a clip on, earlier on my Twitter saying that they were references back to capitalism and private property ownership. If you're talking about something like abolishing the police, I have a clip of a, a from a socialist training saying that police are the managers of private property, which again is a reference to capitalism. And so it's like it gets and I know that might sound overwhelming to people who are like, no, oh no, my God, it's interesting for the first time. But it's like you really need to understand that socialists use the same vocabulary as us. They do not use the same dictionary. And so what I try to do is show clips of them talking about these concepts in context so that people can, again, see and decide for themselves, like, what are they really saying here? And basically, almost every single thing has some reference back to capitalism as private property ownership, because that is what the left is looking to abolish. And let me just enumerate what I mean when I say private right. property. Yes, um, please. It does I was going to ask you. Yeah, this is really important for people to understand because it means things like your house, your land. Um, it means things like if you own a, an apartment building as a landlord, they want to get rid of all of that. But it also means things like your kids, your business, your individual liberties. Parental rights right. are considered to be private property by the by the far left. And that is why you're seeing so many attacks on parental rights today. The the Socialism Saturday that I just did this past week, it was right. it was illustrating this concept that they want to get rid of parental rights because they believe they need to liberate children from their parents. If you hear the word liberation, that means to free oneself from the oppressive force of capitalism. So wow. all of these things do come back to things that are going to impact all of us very directly in the real world. Every attack you see on parental rights, everything to do with gender ideology, everything to do with critical race theory, it all tracks back to exactly these people. And so once you learn the language, it's a lot easier to see it showing up in the real world. Totally. Now, now my last question for you is this then. So all of that said, Let's say that they um, let's say the socialists that you're talking about, the far left, because that that last thing you because I, I always talk about the weather underground and how what they've done. And I believe they've they fully infiltrated the uh, Poison Ivy League uh, a long time ago. And, uh, and their influence is the strongest. I know they, they mentored a lot of the Black Lives Matter people, a lot of different groups around the way, obviously, Obama and his wife. Um, yeah. But I want to say that um, that. Uh, who does then? OK, so let's say that they get into office. Right. And they become the president becomes one of these socialists like they their guy gets in. I, I guess they can't pick one. So maybe they have four, but they take over the country. What does that look like? 
Who's running that? Is there is anyone running that? Is, who owns the private property then? Um. Okay. So a couple things. Number one, they don't need the presidency in order to run the country because they already own the institutions and they own the schools. So whether or not they have the presidency is actually immaterial to them. Now they they considered when Barack Obama got elected president, that was like the big moment. That was that was when oh, they he is that the highest office <laughs> in the is. land. But but I don't want people to think that like you need to have a, a far leftist in the you could have Trump in the presidency and that and the socialists are still going to control the K through twelve schools. They do these people all. vote? Do they vote or they don't care? 50-50. I mean, like some of them, uh, like a lot of them don't believe in the political process. They believe in right. taking over the institutions and doing it that way. But if they have a candidate that like they all would have voted for Bernie, like it's it, like right, Bernie's not perfect for them, but they all would have voted for him, you know, so it really does kind of like depend. Um, but what I would say is that you, people need to be much more focused on the institutions rather than just who is who is winning an election at any given time, because that's how they're controlling things. I mean, you, you brought, brought up the weather underground. Angela Davis and Bill Ayers are still active. They're still active. They're, they're, they they were at the socialist conference I went undercover at. And yeah, so like An Angela Davis is like their hero, right? She's like the one that that uh, it looks like uh, you told me that. And then I saw her. I saw her picture on two things recently. And I was like, oh, my God, once you once I once I learned stuff from you, I, it never goes away. And I see it everywhere. But um, we got to keep those are actual domestic terrorists, not the newfangled domestic terrorists, you know, and uh, and and they're not they don't picture that they don't think they're terrorists. <laughs> Oh, they, no, they, they really think they're that liberators. they're the best people, right? They're liberators. <laughs> they're, liberators. They're, they're bringing right. about the revolution. They, these people very literally uh, do believe that no one will be free until we are free of the oppressive force of capitalism. That is what okay. their goal is. So if there's no private property, yeah, how does that work? What does it look like? Everything is owned by the community. Now, I've asked them many times, what do you mean by community? Like, how are you defining that? And they say, it's the community. And so what it, what it's actually so it's, be it's a, everyone's just expected to to live by a code. Well, essentially, I mean, what, what, how, how I think it's actually going to play out, because I do think this is going to actually happen unless a lot of people start rising up and fighting back against it. I think it's going to look, look a little bit like 1984, where you have kind of like the outer party members and then you have the inner party members and they do. And there's so there there are some party members yeah. that are more equal than others sort of thing. Um, But the party, the comrades are going to control the resources. And when, and when people say like like socialists want to control the means of production, people also don't know what that means because they think it's like a reference to like the factories and stuff like that right well, that like marx right yeah, that may have been true 100 years ago but the means of production now are the people that's what that means they very literally believe that capitalism is reproduced in the nuclear family that's why they want to destroy the nuclear family so the means of production are the people and so what it's going to look like is there's going to be completely universal health care with no private doctors there's going to be completely public schooling with no private schooling options no homeschooling options everyone has to go through the same thing the they're going to control your energy they're going to control your gas they're going to control where you live there will be no privately owned housing there will be no privately owned land there won't even be privately owned kitchens i have them on tape saying this they want to get rid of private kitchens because they want everyone to go to the communal area to pick up their 2000 calories a day of rations that are going to be completely provided by the government if you don't do the job that they assign you to do whether you like it or not you will not eat that is how they're going to control you and that is what they are actively engineering our society to do wow 
it's crazy, but it's true. And people got to pay attention because a lot of what you're saying we're seeing, but people don't, you know, like you said, people don't want to see it. So you really just have to keep educating people and you're doing an amazing job at it. And, and as, as much as, you know, it's just like with everything else, if people are going to keep watching it and letting it happen and not doing anything, well, you know, then it's going to continue because these people, they, they, they really do have their hooks in, in where it matters. And that's the institutions. Um, so as for you, uh, can you tell everyone how to follow you, where to find you, how to find your show, which is awesome. And, and that's the thing I have to say, I didn't, I didn't start out doing this either. Actually, I started during COVID. So I got to tell you, it is, um, it is a breath of fresh air to see somebody that actually not done, doesn't only do the work, but brings the receipts, shows it for people and is educating people in such a, uh, a way that you would, you would imagine you would get in a, in a course, in a actual real college, like the ones we went to 20 years ago, <laughs> because uh, you're excellent at not just the journalism part, but at teaching. So, uh, can you tell everyone where to find you and follow you please? Yeah. Thank you. And again, I really appreciate it. Um, you are welcome to join any of my streams Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. or at cool. 6 p.m. on Saturdays for Socialism Saturday. I stream on YouTube, X, and Rumble. So you can find me on there. Just look me up. There's no one else with my name. I promise. Don't click on any of the other videos about me, though. That's a bad idea. Anyway. It's okay. I got them, too. Don't worry. If you're over the target, they got to do that. It's part of the, part of the game. I know. Um, you can also find me on my Substack, which is Carlin, K-A-R-L-Y-N dot Substack dot com. And if you want a crash course in how to speak socialist, I did actually recently do a two hour introductory class. It is pinned to the top of my Twitter. It is cool. also available on my Substack. It's literally called How to Speak Socialist. It's also on my YouTube and Rumble channels. Go watch the two hour video. Get your intro crash course. I know it's two hours, but you will thank me later. I promise you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And you also happen to be hilarious. So it's also very entertaining. It sounds like it would be heavy stuff, but you make it very enjoyable. I tell you, it is entertainment to me and Rob and not because it, we're not learning a lot, but because you are so, uh, you are really, really funny. And when you point things out, it matters. So, uh, thank you so much for your work and, and for showing up again. I really appreciate your time and, uh, we'll see you again. Thank you. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They, they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are gonna put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, Mel K Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life. And I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around, I'm doing all these 
tours and I'm doing the show and I'm showing up at small events and big events. And I'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods. Mel Cake superfoods. When I got involved with superfoods in the beginning, I was not eating right. I was not sleeping right. I was not, uh, it was mid COVID. So I wasn't really doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal. I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were and superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There is a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box. It's there. All your food's taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol. It gives you a schedule. You know what to do. You know what you're eating. You feel great. You look great. Your life's getting better. And the one thing I know is you can go to themelkshow.com, go down to Superfoods, and you can start your journey. Because today is the day. I will tell you, I waited and I waited. And then I started Superfoods. And within three months, my entire life changed uh, for the better, more than I could have imagined. MelKayShow.com, go to Partners page, down to Superfoods, and click on the link. And you will find a whole new world that will change your mind, change your body, change your life. So when you get Superfoods, that helps me and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods, get over there now. There's no time like the present.